Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of KnowledgeCast, as you know from Enterprise Knowledge. KnowledgeCast takes a look at the world of knowledge management, information management, data management, and really everything else in that space, and talks about how we really improve the way we do these things. I'm Joe Hilger, co-founder and COO of Enterprise Knowledge, and this is one of our technology spotlights. The technology spotlights are specific shows where we focus on some of the best products in the industry, solving some of today's hardest CAM challenges. Today, I'm speaking with Stephen Bedford, product director at Clear People. Clear People is the maker of the Atlas Digital Workspace product, and really something I and the rest of our team are super excited about. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Joe. Great to be here. As I said, we were actually introduced to you by a customer who said, I've heard about this really neat tool, and I want to know why you're not using it. And we got talking, and we said, well, we should be. And yeah. uh, I think through that roundabout story, that's how we got here. We like these circular loops. So I think it's good to see. It's great to get positive feedback from clients and potential prospects. Wonderful. So Stephen, tell us about Atlas. Give us kind of the elevator pitch for our listeners so they can understand why I'm excited about it and why our clients are telling us to talk to you. Sure. Yeah, so Atlas is the product. Uh, we describe it as a digital workplace platform that's built on top of Microsoft 365. We think it's pretty unique, certainly unique at the moment in that it's the only platform that we've seen out there that actually combines intranet collaboration and knowledge management capabilities in a singular subscription. And all of that is backed up with a very rich governance and provisioning engine that enables us to deliver higher quality outcomes. And that's primarily on the back of us enabling a very rich taxonomy model to underpin all of the content that we deliver to users. And clearly, I know that's something you're very familiar with as an organization. And that's why I think it's great to have you know organizations like you out there that are out spreading the gospel and actually informing the market as to what strong knowledge management platforms are actually capable of delivering. You know, two things that really resonated with me early on is we so often talk to customers that are using M365 and it's just a mess. They really can't get control over it. There's sites everywhere. Yep. And you understand the need for structure of the sites, consistent structure. You understand the need for taxonomies and metadata to help make things workable. It was one of those things where we said, wow, we tell our clients to do this all the time. And then we looked and there it was. So Stephen, it really impressive. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things, you know, lots of organizations out there today, if you refer to the platform as a knowledge management platform, sometimes you get sort of critical looks, you know, what is a knowledge management platform? And it's really interesting. Even companies like Gartner have no definition for knowledge management, which still feels a little bizarre today. But in our world, I think that the, the key thing is, is that when you see the product, you very quickly understand how important that sort of information architecture, that taxonomy, that ability to classify content is because you see immediately that, it, that it, it drives content to users in the flow of their work. And then that gets people's brains whirring away thinking, hmm, I could probably come up with 15 use cases for this within about 15 minutes of the demo. So yeah, we're very proud of it. I can't tell you how many of our M365 customers we've met with and said, here's what you need to do. And we tried to create manual governance to make this happen. And honestly, it's out of the box with Atlas yep. from what I've seen. It's neat to meet with such like-minded people in my world, you get KM. That's fantastic because not a lot do. The other thing to say is that if you take 
an organizational wide approach to knowledge management that is much more than just Microsoft quite clearly you know we're very wedded to Microsoft as an organization in the things that we develop but we're also very aware of the fact that there's a whole raft of additional content and data out there that also needs classifying and needs organizing and needs structure and so on and so forth so the really great thing we think we have without us is that it's a fantastic accelerator for actually beginning your km journey so we may start with m365 but some of the capabilities of the product enable us to extend that out extend the platform out into other areas you know we plug into enterprise search engines so on and so forth so we think it's a, a great place to start and again for those companies that are invested in microsoft 365 we really think it's a no-brainer you know to take a look at the product and, and see what it's actually capable of delivering because we know we really impact the roi on your microsoft spend and that's really important. There's a lot of CIOs out there, you know, their door has been knocked on. We're spending seven figures a year on on this stuff. What are we really getting from it right now? We've got a really strong story to tell there. I have no doubt. And we talk about like-mindedness. I think a couple of weeks ago, we put out a podcast on um, knowledge portals. And it's the sense of knowledge everywhere coming together in a single location to understand people, places, and things. And Stephen, I guess we were talking not long after it, and you said half your company had listened to it. Yeah, which is, uh, I don't know what happened to the other half, but, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a really strong part of our ethos, really, as, a, as an organization. Up until about three and a half years ago, Clear People was a professional services organization. Yeah, so we were used to, you know, building lots of custom-built intranets, custom-built KM systems, DMS systems, so on and so forth. So we've been sort of rooted in the underlying understanding of what it is, what you need to do in order to make content easily available and to automatically present content to users. But the really key thing is now, as a software organization, we've taken all of those learnings and now embedded that into our solution. So literally, from throughout the whole organization, there's a very thorough understanding of what these core capabilities are and what these core capabilities deliver to our customer base. So yeah, there was a lot of enthusiasm to see how other professional services firms such as yourselves are actually making this happen now in the real world. So it's quite exciting. It is. So KM is such a broad problem. Yep. Who are the people that should be learning more about this product? Are there specific divisions, certain titles? Who are the people you're trying to talk to that are the ones that should spend time investigating Atlas and Clear People? Well, currently, I mean, any organization that has some sort of complexity to their operations will be interested in the product, I have no doubt. We tend to land it at the moment with organizations that are not small. Yeah, so we tend to land in organizations that have more than 500 users of the Microsoft platform, as an example, because at that sort of scale and, and above, you know, into the tens of thousands, you know, they will have a core understanding of some of the challenges that they now have. You know, they're using Teams, they're using SharePoint, they've got other tools such as Yammer out there, content being sprayed everywhere. That naturally leads itself into selling out this currently to organizations such as professional services firms. Within that, we've got a good mix of legal clients, engineering firms, really anywhere where knowledge is an absolutely critical asset to the way that organization works. The key thing is, though, that the application of knowledge is really critical to any business. There's no specific sector where knowledge is not a critical asset. The struggle at the moment, and I think it is a struggle, is getting those companies to understand the innate value. And of course, that's where companies such as you come in. You know, this is where we really think you're sort of paving the way to understanding. And that's really the key thing, because a lot of companies don't actually know these capabilities exist. They have a feel that knowledge is important, especially in the, I hate these terms, but you know, in the world of hybrid, the great resignation and great buzzwords and terms that are out there at the moment. But they are real, and it's causing real challenges in business today. And that's really what we're looking to help overcome. Absolutely. They are buzzwords, but some of these kind of horrible things have really been helpful for people understanding the real value of knowledge management. Yeah. When COVID hit and executives had to work from home and there wasn't an assistant next door to them to tell them where something was, yep. 
they said, wait, this is a problem. What are we doing about it? Exactly. And I think just to that point, the up until you know, very recently, there are knowledge management platforms out there. You know, ServiceNow yeah. is a knowledge management platform. Zendesk is a knowledge management platform. And there are a multitude of others. The challenge there is that they tend to be very discrete implementations. You know, they're for very specific elements of an organization. You know, they typically sit in, sit in IT or customer service desks. That's where you typically find them. But what does Bob in accounts do when he needs a piece of information? You know, what does Sally in facilities do when they need a piece of information? They don't have the same tools. And the key thing with Atlas, and again, where I think, you know, we sit uniquely is that Atlas is an organizational wide approach to providing knowledge management capabilities to the firm. And we're really excited about that. So teams that use it today and really gain benefit. I mean, there's any number of these, but you know, we've got sales teams. Professional services firms don't like to have sellers. Now they've got business development teams, but they're basically salespeople at the end of the day. And you know, you've got project management teams, you've got internal legal teams. There's really no number of use cases that I think we would struggle to have some part of a solution. That's why we think you can start small, and in many instances, and I'm sure this is the case with your own rollouts. You know, you start in certain discrete areas. The term champions is very heavily used, but it's really important that we get those units of business or lines of business, you know, singing the praises of the tool. Then we slowly expand across the rest of the organization. But you do need to take a very holistic organizational view of knowledge management and don't just let it get screwed away in IT or screwed away in R&D and, and so on and so forth. Absolutely. If it's not business driven, it's going to die. And honestly, something you brought up is to me so important. I hear so many organizations saying, oh, I've got a knowledge management problem. I bought ServiceNow or Salesforce, it's solved because I can put all the knowledge in there. The real challenge at an enterprise level is knowledge sits in multiple systems. So when we talk about silos of information, it's not just silos of people or organizational silos, but it's also system silos. So when someone comes to you and says, I've got a solution and you just put all your knowledge in here and you're done. The fact of the matter is that isn't a solution. That's a solution for a department. Yep. Uh, not enterprise. And another thing I've liked, and you've talked about it, but can you give a little more depth on this about how you cross different systems and start to surface information that comes from more than one place? Sure. So the product itself, Atlas itself sits inside of Microsoft 365. So out of the box, we enable you to effectively provide content across the whole of that Microsoft 365 stack. So it doesn't really matter where the content is, we can deliver it. But as you say, quite rightly, there's a great deal of other information that sits in other systems within your control. But let's not forget, there's also a raft of content that sits out in either publicly available sites or paid for, news feeds, knowledge feeds, whatever they may be. We approach that in a couple of ways. Within the product, we have a zero code way of actually enabling people to simply contribute content from public website. I've come across a, a particular article. It's a particular interest to me. It may be of interest to the wider group that I work with, the department I'm in, or maybe even the whole organization. We have a zero code way of just delivering that information natively to the Atlas product and then making that available via search. So that ships out of the box. But we also work with other enterprise search engines. For example, we partner with BA Insight. I'm sure you know those guys. They provide you know, specific connectors into a whole raft of systems out there. So whether you're using SAP or Oracle or Salesforce, Dynamics 365, whatever it may be, we can then use that engine and we have a native connector to that engine to then let us surface those sources of information from the native platform itself and then deliver that in a singular view within Atlas. But more importantly, this comes down to the crux of the matter in, in a lot of instances, we enable the platform then to deliver content in context because a lot of people get very frustrated with the amount of tools that they need to use on a daily basis. One of the key things in my world, for example, the first application that lights up for me in the morning is Teams. 
it's actually the last thing that I close down of an evening. And that is the case for many, many millions of people today. And what I want to be able to do is when I'm working inside a team, I want to be able to surface information that is relevant in the context of my work at that particular moment in time. And that's basically what Atlas lets us do. So with these enterprise search connectors and providing there is an overall taxonomy model, this is where specialists such as yourselves come in to help build that model. We can then surface that content and then provide it in context. I haven't got to go looking for it. It's actually just presented to me in my flow of work. And that has enormous benefits in terms of employee engagement, focus, a lack of frustration is one of the things that we know to be the case. It's a very capable tool. Seeing all the information about a specific topic or thing, and I yep. use that term and I hate it, but I don't have a better one. It could be a product. It could be a part. It could be a customer. It could be a project. But seeing that all in one place and not having to go to different systems makes people more decisive, like you said, less frustrated and really empowers your employees to do more. And I think what you're offering and what you've thought about is just so key to making that happen. So this is why we like this. This is why we're talking right now. Yeah. You mentioned an interesting term earlier, you know, silos. You know, people often talk about silos. And as you say, rightly, lots of people can be very Microsoft focused. They're not just team silos or SharePoint silos. As you say, they're system silos as, as well. And the key thing to breaking all of those down, I use two words quite a lot, and that's consistency and familiarity. I need to work in a consistent manner as often as possible because that delivers high quality outcomes. And to do that, I need to be working in a familiar tool. In our world, the tool that is familiar, most familiar to me in my working day is Teams. So I'm familiar with the tool. I have a consistent method of working in my day-to-day -day role, and that consistently delivers high quality outcomes without a doubt. We have a lot of customers that are, I mean, Microsoft is a dominant player in the industry. So picking probably the number one collaboration tool on the market Yep. and saying, we're going to build on top of this and allow people to get the experience that they can't quite get from M365 today yep. with a consistent structure, with information that comes from outside, maybe not 100% Microsoft only, takes the problems that we see with some of the M365 implementations and just solves it. Yeah, we often talk about some simple scenarios, but imagine working in a business development team today. Yeah, we want to use Teams. Teams is our collaboration tool, but we really don't know how to use it properly or effectively. There's a number of reasons for that. Just to get going is hard. Just to spin up a team in large organizations is hard. I've got a form to fill in. There's a process that I need to run through, and that's for good reason. But ultimately, you know, that tends to end up in a service desk ticket, and who knows, two, three, five days later, my working area is completed. You know, that's hard. I'm working in business development. I've got an RFP that's landed today. We were late to the party. I've got 10 days to get this thing in. I need my team now. I need to find the right experts now. I need to be able to collaborate with the right colleagues now. And I need to make sure I've got all of the latest and up-to-date information that I gain access to now. I don't want to wait. And that simple scenario is something we often talk to because Atlas absolutely overcomes those challenges. The provisioning engine is governed, but it means that anybody can use it instantly. We apply controls to the way those people can work in terms of the templating that we offer. And underpinning all of that, and I know I sound like a broken record now, but taxonomy really, really is key. And we deliver that automatically. There's a lot of companies that offer some sort of M365 overlay or intranet in a box type solutions. I know the answer to this, but I want our viewers to hear this directly from you. What makes your product unique against those companies? Why are you better and why should they be looking at Atlas and not some of the competitors on the market? 
Sure. One of the key differentiators is the way it brings coherence across hundreds, sometimes thousands of collaboration spaces that are out there. And that's really important. Just talking about Microsoft 365, you know, we have companies that have got 20, 30,000 teams out there. There's stuff just all over the place. Added to the fact that their sales data is in Salesforce and their finance is in SAP and their incident management tool is ServiceNow. That's a big differentiator. Enable us to piece all of these collaboration areas together in one coherent manner is definitely a standout. I think our approach to usable taxonomy is definitely a standout for us. Actually hiding away all of the sort of complexities around which tags do I use? If you give the user a choice of adding a tag or not adding a tag, guess what? They'll not add a tag. If you force them to add a tag, they'll give it a passing notice, probably select the wrong one because they're busy, in which case the whole model falls apart. So you need something that automates that entire process. And that's what we do with Atlas. We've already extended the platform. We're now working with, in Microsoft's world again, but you know some of the more AI, enhanced AI tooling that's out there, products such as Microsoft Viva Topics and Microsoft Syntex. They're now interwoven into our content delivery mechanism. You know, that's really key. And we've certainly not seen on the Viva Topic side implementations of that nature in other products. But we also do simpler things. We have a feature in our product called Hoverpoint. And this basically enables us to use visualization as a way of delivering key knowledge content to users. I don't want to open up a 50-page manual when I need to answer a question to a customer now or internally to a project team now. I need to go to a simple visualization that immediately draws me into the area of knowledge that I need to gain access to and delivers it to me. It may be a small nugget of information in a few sentences. And simple things like that really help bring to life knowledge in your organization. You know, we've got a client now currently trialing augmented reality headsets with Atlas using Hoverpoint. When their engineers are on site looking to maintain a physical asset, imagine a scenario where in the AR headset, you scan a QR code on the headset and it actually brings up an image of the asset. And then all of the maintenance records are just available to you. All of the to-dos in respect to maintenance are just available to you. You know, 10 years ago, they'd go to site with a 600-page manual that they'd have to wheel along in a suitcase behind them. Clearly, that's changed. You know, people have devices now, but those devices aren't laptop. They're going to be a tablet or a mobile or an augmented reality headset. And it's key that you've got to be able to disperse knowledge through those means. And that's a capability that we have today. I wouldn't say it's absolutely unique, but it's unique in the way it's embedded within our platform. And then I think, you know, there's a couple of things. Our integration with enterprise search engines is definitely a standout feature. Being able to give that enterprise view of content is really key. And we are going to be delivering our first of what may become many chat GPT experiences within the platform as well. We think we're particularly innovative, but innovation comes from a core requirement and core problems that we know we can overcome. So we think we've got something that is worth buying, if I'm putting myself out on. I have a different answer to what you said, and sure. it aligns with it, which is you get it. I talk to a lot of companies whose leaders on the product don't understand true enterprise level KM needs and what the real challenges are, how to address it. So they put a pretty skin on top of a problem or they create a very good siloed solution, but they don't understand the importance of context, consistency, linkages through taxonomies, ontologies, and using search to find everything in one place. And Stephen, all those things you talked about to me are all the features that someone who gets it would build. So when a large organization, and that's who needs these, and that's the right customer in most cases, I've got to solve this true enterprise knowledge management problem. They don't just want the tool that does it. They want the tool backed by someone with the vision that understands how to do it right. And what I hope all of our listeners take from this discussion is you all get it. You get KM, you get KM at scale and what needs to be done there. So Stephen, for me, that's your differentiator. 
and all that other stuff you talked about, including yeah. cool VR in the future. Yeah. That was much more succinct. You should write copy for our website. Much better than mine. <laughs> well, it's fun to talk with people that have much of the same mindset. I assume we're both right because why wouldn't we be? Last major question, and this is future thinking. Technology has really changed the way we start to think about knowledge management, right? It's been a huge enabler. What more can technology do? What's next? You talked about ChatGPT. You talked about virtual reality. What are you excited about coming in the future? I'd probably temper that a little bit, though, in that I think I and the whole of our organization is also a great believer that you should always try and make existing tooling that people are familiar with better, yeah, existing experiences better. It's not about just landing a new piece of tech and throwing it out there and saying, look at this great thing that we built, you know, you should now use. A lot of this is always going to be incremental. I'd love clear people to be known as the largest manufacturer of buttons in the world. Now, what I mean by that is that the Atlas experience that we have today is primarily delivered inside of Teams. Yeah, you can use it in SharePoint and mobile, so on and so forth, but it's primarily in Teams. I really want to be able to deliver that Atlas experience inside of your finance system, your CRM system, your help desk system, whatever they may be. And having a scenario where Atlas actually follows you around, I think that's going to be vitally important because there are hundreds and hundreds of tools out there. We're never going to say everybody uses Teams. You might be a Slack shop, for example. So I think that's really important. And I think being able to then overlay that experience incrementally with advancements in AI, because that is real world today. Let's not lose sight of that. There are real world benefits to using AI today. That's clear. And I think chat GPT is very interesting right now. It's a clearly a very, very hot topic. Who knows where that will end up? Because ultimately, until you can get to a point where you have 100% trust in the content that that engine is delivering back to you, skepticism is going to abound. But ultimately, you will get people that simply turn away from that technology. So, you know, from my mind, it's really about incrementally laying these deliverable technologies into a familiar environment for users. Teams didn't exist, well, just over five years ago. Who knows what the next collaboration interface or product is going to be in five years' time? And that's why, really, from my point of view as product director, it's about positioning our product so that we can take advantages of those core technologies when they land and when they're proven and really enable our core deliverable in a knowledge management sense to actually be delivered through those interfaces. You know, I mentioned augmented reality. Who knows where that will be? Yeah. I'm pretty certain though, and it is real now, that engineering firms, frontline worker scenario, you know, there's a very rich environment out there that is a huge gap in the knowledge management front right now. And they're obvious things for us to look at and us to fix. And I really want to be in a position where our knowledge management platform is still being used in five years, 10 years, 15 years. And we'll continually adapt our services to make sure we're delivering value. People are getting ROI. Employees want to use it. They're happy to use it. They're happy to recommend it. And that's really important for us. So it's not just a tech thing. It's about this continuous improvement, this incremental improvement. Absolutely. Technology is an enabler. And what I'm hearing from you, Stephen, is you're Microsoft today. And well, Microsoft's going to be around for a while, but you're not limited to that. Your focus is on solving a problem at the point of need for the person that has that problem and making sure that your system or solution over time supports that. We hear a lot of people talk about future proofing. Yep. I think it's one of the really most stupid comments or requirements I ever see. So I yep. apologize to any of our listeners who've used that. Who knows what that is? To me, the best way to address that is to talk to your vendor and find out what their vision of the future is. And that's really why I asked this question and how well they understand that they're solving a problem, not chasing the shiny star ahead of them. And even you did a nice job of that today. Yeah. I, mean, I like that analogy there because how do you prove that your product is future-proofed? <laughs> I'm not sure how yeah. you actually go about doing that. That is key. We're still walking into accounts now where they are literally just starting out on their cloud journey. They've moved their email into the cloud. They've now got all of this other stuff. The change management requirements around some of, as you know, 
beautiful world is, is enormous in some of these companies. So let's not forget that. You know, we've got to take these users on a journey as well. And I was listening to one of your other podcasts. I can't remember the name of the tech vendor. He was using the analogies around what Tesla are doing with automated robotics and whatnot. That doesn't really affect Joe in facilities or Sarah in HR. It really doesn't. They set off to work or walk downstairs to their internal office and they get on with their job. So we've got to be rooted in reality. That's really the key thing. Delivering information at the point of need. Correct. The time of need. Correct. Which is wonderful. Stephen, this has been a great discussion. I think our listeners now have a better understanding of what Atlas is. And, you know, really, I don't know that you have a lot of competitors. You're doing something very unique in the market. I like where you're headed. And for our listeners, this is a product that, especially if you're in, my, in an M365 shop, you have to look at this. It's that critical. But even if you're not, or that's just a piece of it, this is a tool that's really properly attacking and addressing the KM challenges in a way that we believe in and that aligns with what we end up counseling our clients. Stephen, I want to thank you once again for joining us. For those that want to learn more about enterprise knowledge, come to our website, enterprise-knowledge.com. We have over 500 blog posts, et cetera, on these topics. Much of them mirrors what you just heard from Stephen today. Once again, thank you for joining us. And Stephen, thank you for coming and sharing so much about Atlas. This has been a really enlightening podcast. Uh, that was a great summation. Thanks for having me.